Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Ayana and Dorian from Elite Boxing Fitness Center in Oviedo, Florida. What's up? How are we doing today? Sounds awesome. We're doing I can a- nail that. We're doing great. <laughs> awesome. Thank you guys for taking the time to join us today. I appreciate it. All righty. So let's jump right into the details here. Wasting no time. What is it that made you want to own your own facility? How did you get started? Well, um, as far as owning my own facility, that came along as as we as I went on. Um, I've always been an athlete throughout my whole throughout my entire life since I came up here and just um just always having a background with helping always helping um my, my teammates to get better in what they did just over time um I started training at American Top Team I was doing the I was doing a, I was the head boxing instructor over there and I just loved how the program um was running and you know after that I just wanted to open my own gym and um you know it's that's that's how it actually came about and um you know, me and my wife was looking around to open up a gym and um, we went up, we started, we were riding around and then we saw a place for, for rent and um, we called up the landlord and within within minutes that the landlord came by and we did sign the lease to our own place. So, you know, it happened, it, it happened fast. Yeah. And um, yeah, and it, but almost 10 years later, we've been open for nine years and um, it's just been an amazing journey so far. You know, just helping and teaching the art of boxing, teaching, the, helping the community, helping kids, adults of all all worlds, um, type of journeys. So, you know, this where we are now. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay. And now what does your business model look like today? Are you doing group classes, semi-privates, one-on-ones? How does that all work? Kind of walk us through that. We do all of it. And um, my main focus is to teach in a group class. We run a boxing gym, like no other boxing gyms in the area. And um, where my classes are based off of America, of a, um, a, a martial arts gym or a karate gym, or a Brazilian jiu-jitsu gym, where we're focusing on the technique. And um, they are working in a group environment and um, throwing jabs, throwing punches. We working on combos. It's not your average gym where you go to the you go to the classes where you just um hitting a bag, getting fit from you know stuff doing on your own. Mm-hmm. We are actually working in a live group environment, throwing punches, sparring on a daily basis. But my main thing was being control, having having control of the crowd and the athletes in the in the room, because we have athletes of all different you know styles and experience, experience and um. So when you put them together, you know, some people might lose their mind and go hard with, with a less experienced fighter. But, mm-hmm. you know, this is what we've been doing. I'm big on protecting everyone in the gym. You know, they know they know how hard to go with who is in front of them. So that was my main thing. And that was the biggest thing about opening up a gym and running the gym the way I do it. And, um, yeah, it's, it's not your average gym where you go into and doing your own thing on the bag and just just, you know, getting fit by yourself. Mm-hmm. Or having someone pushing you to hit the bag, going down and doing all the stuff like that. We are basically teaching the auto boxing in a group environment. And um, I'm big on technique. So mm-hmm. it's very, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty, it has become pretty easy. Just, just, we, we are growing and everything is getting better. 
if I could interject. Um, so we do have the group classes, but we do have private classes as well, um, as well as a small five team. But the majority of um, almost 90 members, uh, the majority of them just uh, come to our gym because boxing is something they're interested in learning. Mm -hmm. Out of that 90, how much is actually fighting on the fight team? We have about 25 fighters at the gym. We have about, about 20 registered fighters with USA Boxing. Yeah, but the majority okay. uh, just come in there because it is, uh, it's a different sort of um, exercise. It's not just um, something that you're doing to physically be fit, but it's also something that you're learning a sport. So group um, fight, uh, a competition team, private uh, classes, a variety of um, different things that we try to do at, at Elite. Okay. All right. I love that. Different options for people who are looking to get into fighting or to fight. And then also others who are looking to learn boxing and get fit kind of at the same time. Yes. Awesome. And when everyone is on the floor, it don't matter the experience wise. And I have a lot of people call for, for personal sessions. They want to do one-on-one, -on -one, but my main thing is getting them on the floor. Um, of course I do one-on-one. -on -one. But when they're on the floor, it's almost like we're working at their level. We're not expecting you to be like everybody else. You know, right. we're, we're expecting you to just stick with the technique that the, the basic technique that you learn. And, you know, and that's that's what makes us grow. You know, we help you out at the level that you at. Right. Absolutely. So it's it's group training, but it's more personalized. There's more of a personalized yes. touch yes. there. Awesome. I like that. Okay. And now how are you structuring membership? How are people paying for the services that you're providing? Um, uh, so we have a little bit of everything. You can do a drop-in uh, for a day. Uh, you mm -hmm. can do a week. You can do a month. If it's, if it's just a one month membership, it's a little more expensive than if you commit to a three months or a six months, but, or you could pay for that. Uh, well, the six month, it's six months monthly, or if you pay uh, a lump sum and do the whole six months up front, um, our members save. So a little bit of everything. So no matter what your budget is, if you do wanna try the, the classes, but you are unable to, do that level of commitment or because uh, the six months we ask for first and last month up front, then you can do um, a drop in or a week. So we do try our best uh, that way the people that are in the community, they are able to see what it is that we are, um, what we're offering and what we're doing. Absolutely. And again, too, we don't have no um, contract with our members, too. So in the beginning, we try to we try to use contract terms in our membership where it did not benefit us at all. And um, it's a small family gym. We understand everyone's situation. So you come to the gym, you know, we have a three month commitment, six month commitment. It's not where you have to stay. We don't come after you if you if you if you have to decide something happens and you leave the gym. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a family gym and we try to help everyone out. We don't have no contract and our memberships are based on basically the kids too, because we have a lot of kids in the area where they go to a different sports like football, baseball, and they just at a gym for a little bit of time while they're off season. So, you know, we don't want to lock them in a long-term contract. We have a three months, a single month, or 
or the six month program to have them out. Okay. So why do you think the contracts didn't work for the business? Uh, so uh, just going into something that, that was unfamiliar with us other than um, joining a gym myself, what happens is we tried uh, locking people in for a year, but there were two, and I'm the one that handled the money aspect, too many curveballs happen within a year to you, it's, it's a lot. You need a whole billing team to actually undergo and keep, you, you may extend somebody's membership for a month, but their injury or maybe an issue in the family, maybe they need another month or two months hold. Um, so to undertake that or to continue to put their membership on hold or to listen to what, because again, we are family based. So it's not written in stone that, okay, you are here for a year. If anything happens, we'll put it on hold for a month and then we're just gonna continue with pay payments. Um, these are people we have now developed a relationship with. So it became very, and it's when, when I'm the one or it becomes very personal. So that year membership was not something that coming from a family or wanting that family feel, it was not something that was working for us. So the shorter term um, agreements were, were better. And like Dorian said, even though I may ask you for a six month um, agreement, during that six month period, um, you do, the person does pay the last month up front. So as long as they give me um, a valid a reason and they want to pull out of that six month, I can always use that last month um, to, that's your last month. Uh, we'll use that to pay this month and that's going to be it for your family. It is when you're doing things uh, and you are not a franchise and you are a family, um, it becomes, it makes things uh, complicated business-wise. Business I think that's one of the things that actually leads to not having, not making money <laughs> at the end of the day. Easily, yep. yes. Yes. So do you have a system in place for payment processing or are you yes. processing? Okay. Yes, we use... Um, was then planner we used for the first we're how open now for how long so zen planner you we used for the first what eight years i was with them for a long time and then um they i i kept on reading about how to save money when it comes to processing payments and i i decided to dive all in and change it up to a different uh service and we tried them for seven months and, and um, in all fairness, they were still working out a lot of kinks that Zen Planner already had set in place. Mm -hmm. So I decided I'm actually in the process right now of going back to Zen Planner and okay. yeah. Okay, well, that's good that you do have a system in place for payment processing because a lot of gym owners that I talk to are chasing payments every month. And that is crazy to me because that takes so much time uh, away from 
other areas of the business that you could be focusing on. So that's yeah. fantastic. Um, go ahead. No, I'm saying in the beginning of the business, but it was a year or two years, we did, we did went ahead and collecting and chasing payments as well too. That was a process that we didn't like. Yeah. yeah because at the, when we first started, both of us still had full-time jobs. Mm. So you're trying to be on the floor. You're trying to do yeah. marketing and we're, yeah. And just recently, you know, she's been around forever, but now she's being part of the gym, a little more into the gym. And in the beginning, it was just rough for me to be as a coach, a gym owner, and be a, a, like a training, the, training the fighters and the members as well, too. And at the same time, I, I build a personal relationship with them, with the mm -hmm. fighters. And when it comes to time to pay, it's like I know the situation. If it's hard on them, it's like. Yeah, so I always had a heart for the fighters or just the members in general, too. I think that has to really stay separate. Anyone that is, that if one thing I could say to other people that are opening up any type of gym, if it is the trainer that is also the business owner and they're handling the finances, it, it is not good. Um, mm -hmm. it, because when you develop that person, that level of intimacy with someone and they are late or something in their life is, is wheels off. And that's what life does. It gives you curveballs. And to say you cannot com come for the next month or two until you're paid up, uh, you're going to destroy that relationship later on. So it is real. It needs there needs to be someone else that handles money. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's a fine line and it's really hard to walk that line between having a relationship and a, a friendship with the people that you're serving. But then also, you know, at the end of the day, it's a business. And if people aren't paying for their memberships, then your doors don't stay open and then you end up serving no one. So it is hard to kind of define that line and stick with it between the friendship, the relationships you're building with people. Obviously, you want to have good relationships. You want people to trust you. I mean, that leads to that long-term relationship. But at the same time, it's like you always have to keep in mind that it is a business at the end of the day. So that's a good point, being able to separate the two. If you have as the owner, if you have somebody who does your billing and you can kind of keep it separate from you, especially if you are very present in the business on a daily basis, that can be huge uh, just to kind of separate yourself from that so you don't have that conflict. Yes, and I'm happy that she's at the gym now, at the gym full time now. And um, anyone who come in the gym have any kind of financial questions, any kind of how much is this? I said I don't know. Go ask the ask my wife. Yeah, <laughs> we do use that a lot. We're so like, great. Um, Dorian, uh, because somebody will say I I'll, I just had this discussion the other day. I said um, when it comes to money, you have to not just show up. You have to make sure that you address things that are not paid, not paid, not said, that's kind of weird. And the person said, but I mentioned it to coach. And I said, when it comes to money, he don't know nothing. He didn't <laughs> talk to me. Yeah. Um, and that, that is so much better yeah. than the um, uncomfortable conversations that we had previously walked through in previous years. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely uh, better to keep those two things separate. So, all right. And now how are you going about acquiring new members 
to the facility? How are you marketing? How are you getting the word out there about what it is that you're doing? We've tried so many different, um, we've tried a lot of different advertisements as far, as far as handing out flyers, doing, but my main thing right now is just social media and ma mainly the word of mouth. We've been there for about almost 10 years, as I said, and word of mouth. Anyone that comes in the gym is always from someone inside the gym that have, they heard about yeah, it or so. It's true. And, um, and I do post every day on social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. And, um, and I think those are, those are our number one source as far as just bringing people and mm -hmm. the internet, which is usually when they call, I always, I always ask them where they hear about us from. They said, you know, they search us out, they search out boxing in the area and I was the first to pop up. So we are doing a good job when it comes to marketing on social media and a lot of good stuff. And too, the so. YouTube videos you post, because when they look you up on Google and they see um, the videos that are attached to um, the website, mm -hmm. uh, they're really good. That's it's a true depiction of what goes on in class. It's not just um, uh, like a professional video that someone comes in and does on and just highlights the highlight reel. Yeah. Uh, so they're seeing monthly, daily, weekly, they're seeing um, kids class, they're seeing adult class. He's yeah, they're seeing the non-edited like yes so that has a I'm lot. always I'm always thinking the non-edited videos would bring in and generate a lot more views and bring in a lot more people rather than the um you know the made up professional wise well, type stuff it's and it's it, yeah it's like everybody's seeing it, the real deal what we're doing in there you know rather than just the highlighted parts of training you know so right. I would think, but it, it don't happen that way. I need I need some type of professional professional person to come in and do some recording for me. It I does, it does. It does, but it, I, yeah, it I does. Need, I need so one thing that I always say, as far as the advertising piece goes, the more organic it is, the better. And, and that's who we are. <laughs> It's true, you know, because and I actually just made like a little video about this for. Uh, social media for my followers. I have a lot of connections with a lot of gym owners. And this is one thing that they really uh, struggle with a lot of the time, because you would think that having a really professional put together advertisement would do better. But a lot of times it doesn't, you know, it's those organic photos, those videos in class, real people, you know, people want things that they can relate to. They want to feel like that person is me, you know, and that tends to work really well. And I actually had somebody message me after I put that piece of content out the other day. And he was like, these are my ads. Now he sent them to me and they were professional looking put together, not in his gym, not actual people that are in his gym. And he was like, should I scrap these and try something else? And I was like, well, don't go all in right away, but try one, you know, like create a video of somebody in your gym. Um, I like to use the TikTok platform just to make the videos because it's really easy to use and really easy to add music to and add text to and really easy in that regard. Uh, so he made one and he put it up and he got 15 leads overnight. Oh. And I was like, see, like, it's so simple. And you, it's so easy to overcomplicate that because you think people want to see like super professional ripped up people, you know, killing it in the gym, but it's not, they want something that they can relate to. Um, so those tend to convert so much better than those professional ads. So, you know, you might be onto something with posting the things that you're posting. 
I do post a lot. I have over 2,500 videos on YouTube. Wow. One of our videos went viral with, with about 50 million views on there too. So that kind wow. of uh, big time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah. now have you guys ever done any type of paid advertising through Facebook, Instagram? I usually, yes, I've, I've tried. I've done it on Facebook, Instagram, even YouTube, Google, on Google ads as well too. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I post every, I post that. I do ads every now and then. Okay, every that's now and then. Should, that's something I should see myself doing it like every month or how often should I be posting on? Yeah, I mean, consistently running paid advertising is a good way to ensure that you have leads constantly coming in the door. What I love about the paid advertising is that it's trackable. So if it's trackable, you can grow it. Can't track it, you can't grow it. Okay. So the word of mouth and referrals are fantastic. Of course, we love those, but they're not something we can necessarily track or rely on on a monthly basis. Because some months we get maybe 10 people, the next month maybe we get two, the next month maybe it's nothing. So I always like to have multiple poles in the water as far as advertising goes, just in case one quiets down then we can kind of rely on another, you know? Uh, and you can get the paid advertising to a point where it's like, okay, if I spend X amount of dollars, I can expect to see X amount of people walk in the door. And then based on how good you are at converting them, you know, you can get a really good idea of how many people you can add to your membership on a monthly basis. And that's kind of what really changes the game as far as growth goes. So that's a huge factor. And, you know, there are a lot of things that play into the paid advertising piece as far as optimizing those ads and targeting properly and the ads themselves, the copy. So a lot of people kind of just get overwhelmed by the process and then they're like, ah, I'll just stick to word of mouth or whatever yeah. it is, you know? So um, there's a process to it. It's like, and yeah, sometimes I don't understand the full, I, I don't understand sometimes. And I just, I just say heck with it. And I just, right. <laughs> Yeah, because you have other things to do, right? As a gym owner, yeah. there's so many hats that you're wearing. It's like you don't have the time to focus on learning all of that stuff, nor do you want to because it's probably not interesting to you. You know, you want to train the people on the on the mat. You don't want to be behind a computer trying to figure out how to optimize a Facebook ad. Yeah, um, different points. There's so many different um, social media that I'm on. And now you're saying about TikTok. I might have to jump on TikTok too, trying to see how I could. Yeah, I'm writing down things as you go because the paid advertising <laughs> is something that we've done, but not. Oh, he said that's not how I spell TikTok. I put T I C K. So bad, so bad. So, so, it's all good. So, um, that uh, seems to be the new up and coming uh, yeah. advertising yeah. platform. So, yeah, I definitely suggest getting on that and just even even if you just I always used TikTok to create my ads for Facebook and Google just because it's easy to create the ads themselves, you know, as far as adding music to them and adding text and whatever it is that you want to do. It's an easy platform to create the videos themselves. So I always just took those and ran them on the other platforms as well. So quick question, Brianna, um, on, with us being like, say 90 members, um, uh, with somebody paying 135 a month, uh, mm -hmm. on, on a regular, what should I be doing as far as paid advertising per month? 
should it be like a $50 every month or should it be like a hundred dollars or 135 based on that? What kind of money should I be thinking about putting out consistently every month? So typically 50 to $100 a day is what we suggest. Wow. Okay. So, all right. So I'll scale that down. <laughs> so that's typically what works best. Now that kind of depends on a few different factors though. Um, but typically that's what works best. But with that being said, you want to make sure that those ads are optimized so that you're getting three to one returns on your ad spend. So if you're spending a dollar, you're getting three back. If you're not getting three back, then something's wrong and it needs to be adjusted. So you're not just throwing money out there and crossing your fingers and hoping for the best. You know, if you're putting money out there, you're getting it back a couple of times over. Um, so that's an important piece, you know, and it might sound like a lot initially, but if you're getting three to one returns, then it's no, worth it, I you know? understand. There's a science in everything that's done. And that's yeah. where um, I think business uh, entrepreneur or someone that uh, is, does not have that coming in a business, does not have that background. We have no faith in those systems that right. literally have been researched. There are whole, there, there's degrees on those things. Yeah. We literally put, we give them no credit. And, oh, let's just do the word of mouth. Oh, let's just drop $300 here for that once a year. Oh, we didn't get any hits back and we just give up. Right. So mm -hmm. I am definitely taking um, a lot of things that you're saying in. Yeah. And I appreciate your mindset, you know, because so many people do get caught up in that. And it's like, they'll try one thing once and they don't see the returns they want. So then they just write it off, you yeah. know, and I think that that holds people back more often than not because there is so much opportunity out there, you know? And if you're just not reaching the people, I mean, you'd be surprised even talking to people who are probably very close to you in your area that have no idea that you exist. Yes, um, we see that often. Right, and, um, and it's it, crazy. It do become, become discouraging at, at times, as far as just trying to, even certain times we used to hand out flyers in the area, go into the mall, hand out, but we never get no, we hardly get any returns yeah, from anything do we do. Anymore. Right. Take it and you throw it in the garbage. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there are so many gym owners that are still taking that approach. And one thing that tends to happen is that gym owners don't look at time and money the same. You know, it's like there's a disconnect between the value there. They'd mm -hmm. rather spend time than spend money. But as a gym owner, your <laughs> time is worth more, yeah. you know, because time is the only resource that you can't get back Good. you can make more money right but you can't make more time so they'll spend all of this time going to community events and you know standing people tell me that they stand outside of costco and hand out flyers and it's like that's crazy to me you know because you're spending how many hours doing that when you could be in your facility training x amount of members and making money it's you, so you said something that. that's really relevant, especially to this one. It's um, he does see that in certain aspects, but he does not make that a universal concept. Mm -hmm. So there are times that he will like time is money. Um, 
I'm not going to be wasting this or waste this time, but then it's not a universal um, idea in his head because he will then spend a crap load of time doing something else where it's universal. That concept, if you have that idea in the gym with maybe this or that client or this or that situation, it should be universal Some all over because mm-hmm. it, it, it does not change. It should just be an idea that is concrete that we follow. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, um, you know, I see so many gym owners that do take so much time to do these things and don't get the returns. Obviously, if we're spending money, we want to make sure that we're getting the returns. But just to write things off, a lot of gym owners just write things off like, oh, nope, that didn't work. So I'm just going to spend time here rather than spend money. And like you said, a lot of those things that you're doing, you're just not seeing people come in from it. So it's like you'll spend a whole day at a community event, maybe get one person interested, actually come in the doors. And then it's like, are they signing up? And you just spent all that time. And yeah, you're getting the word out there. Sure. But there are so many different ways that are so much easier to get the word out there that work in the background while you are training your clients. You know, so you're making, it's like making double money there because you've got people coming in, but then you're also on the floor training at that time while those people are coming in. Um, So it just optimizes things, makes it easier for you as well, because then you can do the things that you'd like to do. And the reason why you open the business, you know, while you have something working in the background for you at all times. So Definitely uh, a, a simpler way there, for sure. And now, as far as the time, time is money thing is that I got in my, I got that later on in the business. And um, I'm, as far as I used to put up, put so much time into all the athletes, just doing things, just, just to do it. And um, like over the time I saw it, it wasn't worth my time. And I just started charging. I'm, I'm, I charge for training. I charge yes. a lot for training now. And um, yeah, so I see time is money. And you know, you, you want my time, you're going to pay me for my time. Absolutely. And along those lines, you know, people who pay, pay attention, mm. right? So they vote with their dollars. So if they are giving you a lot of money for something, chances are they're going to show up. They're going to be invested. They're going to get the results that they're looking for. Whereas if you're not charging much for your services, people don't take it as seriously, right? That's just natural. You know, if you're investing a lot of money in something, chances are you're investing a lot of your attention as well. They go hand in hand. And a lot of times gym owners kind of get caught up in, you know, wanting to serve everyone and making prices lower to kind of serve everyone, but then not getting people the results that they're looking for they kind of tend to get into a situation where they're working crazy hours not making as much money as they could be people aren't really as invested you know it kind of trickles down uh so not being afraid to value yourself where you're worth you know charge what you're worth and get maybe less people but people that are more invested and then you end up making the same working less less hours and having people that are more invested Wow. That's yes. 
As far as the charging too, no. is as far as charging my price too, and I see a lot of um, coaches in the area, and you know, with me, you know, I I I have credentials as far as coming from an amateur background, um, being inducted in the Boxing Hall of Fame in New Jersey, um, having twenty professional fights, um, fighting main event on Showtime, ESPN, me numerous of times. So I do have a background where I'm able to charge for my time. A lot of guys coming there, they trying to teach boxing and charging a ton of money for training. And they just learn how to box from watching YouTube videos or just going to fights. And I mean, yeah, nothing wrong with that. But you know, I I that's what I'm saying. I'm I value my time and but you no, know, I charge. Us, but it took us um a long time. And with different people, Brianna hit it in uh, right on the head when all the things that you just kept, people that were in the business before us, we had uh, two mentors. Mm -hmm. and I, it's funny, I call them mentors now, but that's what they were because they were in uh, the fitness industry and they're like, are you, you're charging that? That's it. And it took us years to go from, we started at $60 um per like per month up to the 135 that we were mm -hmm. making um lease partly out of our pocket instead of having the member the membership pay the lease so it was a lot of again we as entrepreneurs have no faith in marketing or in the business model mm -hmm. we go by what we think and what we feel and there is there you cannot there are principles there are um research there are experts there all we should have done is just listen to the experts and do what we are experts at and that's on the floor teaching the bo the boxing right yeah, I mean, there's such a difference between that side of things and the business side of things, right? And yeah. you come in and open a facility because you love training, you love helping people, you love training people, but there's a disconnect between the business side of things because, you know, you learned the fitness side of things, but a lot of times people have no background in business and all of these things come up along the way that you never expected. And then it's like, okay, how do I tackle this you know how do I deal with this and then a lot of times it's kind of like ingrained in people's minds to you know not spend money and not trust the marketing systems and you know and then you get into the same position that everybody else is in you know and then it's like not acquiring leads and not charging enough and it kind of rolls through the entire system within within gyms you know and everybody kind of has these same ideals and then we see a lot of gyms close because of that mm -hmm. and you know it's like especially over the last two years over 40 percent of gyms have closed so it's like the fact that you're still open congratulations that is huge you know so everybody kind of just gets caught up in this and then something like that happens and they don't have the funds to sustain you know, most gyms don't have any type of working capital whatsoever. Yeah. So if something like that happens, they're not able to sustain and they close. And we saw that over the last mm -hmm. two years, okay. you know. Um, so it's just something that's so common. People get so caught up in, in the same, in their ways rather, and in, in the way that they think things should be done. And that holds them back. 
And that's what I loved so much about kind of transitioning from being in the gym to helping other people was breaking those beliefs. Cause I had them too. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know? And then once I saw the other side, I was like, this is insane. You know, there's so many, there's so much opportunity out there. It's just grabbing it. You know, it's there. You just have to grab it. So now one thing I want to touch on, uh, and we're approaching the end of time here, but before we wrap up, uh, what are the main focuses within the business for you guys right now? What are your goals? What are you looking to achieve? Well, as far as doing what we do, um, you know, just being consistently teaching and um, hopefully, we're not hope, not hopefully, um, well, we are, we are wanting to open up a bigger gym and that's always our main focus is to just continue teaching boxing, um, getting the, spreading the word around and hopefully one day um, we open up a bigger facility. In our town, because right now your video touched so many people all around um, the, the world, uh, but we need to touch the people that are in our little town of Oviedo. Mm -hmm. uh, we definitely see a more consistent, uh, uh, like our classes are filled. Uh, usually uh, maybe 10 kids. Um, now it's like 26 kids, every class, every class, every, even the adult class. So that consistency in wanting to show up, uh, it's time to um, find a bigger place. But we also, this is a family uh, gym. I keep saying that because we could easily pick up and um, move somewhere else, but we can't. There are kids that ride their bicycles um, or skateboard to where we are. So mm -hmm. we want to stay in our town. We want to show them that beyond um, just uh, doing cardio boxing there you can actually learn the sport of boxing where you are working in a partner setting so just continue doing what it is that we do and that's teaching the art of boxing in a bigger facility and um, just touching people that thought that boxing would that's not in their line of things that they are capable or able to do because of age breaking the, down those barriers uh, um, our oldest member right now is 69, 70, uh, 70. Um, and that's, it's not something like they were boxing and retired boxer. No, it's right. something they just retired from doing their, their regular blue collar or white collar job. And they just wanted to learn the sport, but in a safe environment. And we, man, that's so motivational. It's so when the younger kids see that or the younger athletes see that it's it becomes a mentorship it becomes so it's so much more than boxing it yeah. is so much more uh we want the people in Oviedo to see that and to just come and check us out whether that's the thing it's I don't want you to come and sign up it's just giving us the opportunity to see what it is that we have there by mm -hmm. taking a class, uh, somebody, even if that's not for them, they can mention it to someone else. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. It is so much more than just the, the boxing itself or the workout itself. You know, yes. it's physical, it's mental, it's the community. There are so many aspects that 
play into that. So being able to reach more people, share that with more people, grow your community, you know, grow the facility. That's amazing. I love that. I love, I love what you've got going on and your ideals. And um, I, I wish you guys the best there. I think that, uh, you know, you've, you've got the right ideas to take it to that next level. So and I'm gonna go TikTok in tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Be careful. It's addicting, you know, especially you get on there, you start scrolling. <laughs> so from our conversation, definitely something that we can put in place, Brianna, as of right now, um, is that TikTok definitely do something by the end of this evening. Mm -hmm. And we are going to definitely do something um, more consistent for the paid advertising. Yes. Uh, we'll set a budget and we will keep pushing. Um, no, no hundred dollars a, a day, yeah. budget, <laughs> but that yet. The, yeah, we are not there yet, but um, maybe, maybe, I don't know, 10 bucks a day and, and whatever it is, but just make it more consistent because consistency, anything tried. And if you're not consistent, it's that's life. It's, you know, you, you come into box. Why you keep, why do I have to keep telling you to keep your hands up? You, right. you, that, you know, so we just always have to be consistent. Yes. Yes, I absolutely. Will, I know you're wrapping up. Thank you so much for having us on. I was super nervous. Um, <laughs> and I, cause I, I like to talk a lot and yeah. Um, but you made it so comfortable and um, gave us a lot of pointers that we can implement right away. And if you ever want to talk about some other aspects, we are free. I'm free. All right. Yeah. Program. <laughs> I have a whole mental health aspect that I like. I'm trying to advocate with that. So let us know, please, even if it's off air. Yes, absolutely. Uh, before we wrap up, before we jump off air, I want you guys to just share where you can be found on social media for the listeners. Um, we can be found on Instagram at Elite Boxing Fitness Center underscore and in Facebook, um, Elite Boxing Fitness Center and um, oh, YouTube. YouTube, you can find us on Dorian Beaupierre. And we do have a famous um, bully video. If you guys want, go check it out. It's um, bully, a bully travels to the gym and challenges a coach. So it's a viral video with 15 million views. Go check it out. Um, and then our webpage. I worked so hard on setting that up. And the webpage. I forgot. Because yeah. that has all <laughs> the links to all those Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Yeah. So the number Perfect. one link right now is our webpage at eliteboxingovito.com and just go check yeah. us out. When you get on the website, you can see a pop-up message, send a message and one of us will contact you or say hi back to you. All right, and on that site, on that webpage, you can find all of our social media sites as well too. Awesome, all right, that's the best place. What's that? You'll see some awesome videos yeah. of our boxing classes. Yes, of all awesome. Perfect. Alrighty. So Ayana and Dorian from Elite Boxing Fitness Center in Oviedo, Ooh. Florida. Thank you both so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been so great having you on the show. Brianna, thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Of course. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there. We'll catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but 
Don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome to the Gym Awards Podcast, where we talk fitness business with gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, manager, owner of Hartford City Health Club in Hartford City, Indiana, Matt Barnes. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, man. Excited to dig into this thing. So let's just get to it. Tell us what's, what Hartford City Health Club is all about. Yeah, so we're coming up on our three-year anniversary. Um, we're located about 20 minutes north of Monday, 45 minutes south of Fort Wayne, so the two bigger towns. Um, we're a true 24-7 gym, so once you join, you get a key fob, which you instant 24-7 access to the facility. Um, our ages of membership range from the age of 14, which is our cutoff as low as we go, and our oldest member we actually have right now is 89. Um, so we try to cater to a little bit of everybody here. Um, when we came forth, I did for the gym. We discussed what equipment we really needed, what was mainly a need versus a want, and tried to cater toward everybody that would be a potential member um, and I think that's kind of what's helped us keep that membership range from 14 to 89 to being able to cater to everybody. Yeah man it sounds like uh, you're really doing doing a good service for the town there for that for that small community. Um, give us a little bit of background. Uh, you were in a in a kind of coexisting industry not in the gym space. Um, give us give us your background you know where how you got into that how you fit into this whole puzzle. Yeah, so I actually was a store manager for Vitamin Shop for seven years prior to coming on here into the gym facility. Um, so deaf vitamin supplements kind of play hand in hand with a healthy lifestyle gym memberships. So being able to address people's like supplement needs with their goals kind of fit hand in hand to running a gym. It kind of talks about what type of exercises they need to be doing, um, where they can improve, what they can do better, what they could cut out. Um, it's been in a management facility with a gym knows there's a lot of exercises people do that is just kind of a waste of energy. So I kind of just addressed that a little bit. Um, a lot of people join the gym and think cardio, 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 and I try to push them into the weights category. Very beneficial to start lifting some weights, even if you're just doing some machine work. Um, so seven years of vitamin shop, it's a lot of PNL um, managing it your money coming in versus money coming out, whether it be payroll, supplies for even just keeping the store or the gym clean, um, utilities, everything like that. So coming from a big box location to a little bit smaller gym, I brought a lot of expertise on where we can cut costs and where we can pretty much gain more profit. Um, one thing that the gym was missing when I first came in was a vending machine with just energy drinks in it. And anybody that owns a gym knows people always forget their pre-workout. So they need a caffeine fix. And I don't want them driving five minutes to a gas station to get a bang when they can get it here. Cool, man. So you had a lot of this uh, management, retail, P&L experience. A lot of you were seeing clients. They're probably people 
telling you what type of workouts they were doing. There were, there's a lot of commerce conversations that happened. Were you, um, the vitamin shop where you were, um, was it local? Was it in one of the smaller towns? Was it in one of the, the bigger areas near you? Yeah, it was in Muncie. Um, over my seven years, I ran three different locations. Okay. One, one a little bit closer to home each time ended up at Muncie before COVID that which shut our down location, which is what led me to take over the gym for the family. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like a lot of the members from the gym came to my supplement store. So I was very familiar with them and what they were trying to work on. So when you transition into the gym, they saw that familiar face kind of made it a little bit more of a, a mutual relationship other than, Hey, what protein do I need? All right, cool. So there was, there was almost some expert positioning on that side that came in beforehand, whether you knew the people or didn't, you had that background. So it's just another dimension that a lot of people don't have coming in. You know, our average, you know, trainer, gym owner may know that, Hey, I've gone through a hundred products and I settled on what I like. And if you want that recommendation, here it is. Other than that, you know, go, go talk to the guy at GNC. So yeah, you kind of spend all the time with them and then, you know, GNC or vitamin shop or Amazon kind of goes and does their thing. So you were able to bring that expertise in-house um, and adopt it into actually selling. You have retail supplements, a few brands that you carry in-house, correct? Yes. We, um, there's a lot of supplements out there that are very unnecessary, kind of just like a selling point, especially for like GNC vitamin shop where they're trying to sell, or as they call it, build the basket. I carry just the essentials, the stuff that people truly, whether it be a protein powder, a pre-workout, which is still not really essential, but a lot of people rely on it, creatine. Um, I actually don't like to carry fat burners here because I think they're a waste of money. I know a lot of people want to use them, but I'm transparent with people. Just do the work and you don't need that pill. There's no pill that's truly going to melt the fat off of So that's why I push the protein because it's a good meal replacement of healthy calories. Yeah. Yeah. There are, there are a lot of things that have high margins and are great for the bottom line, but um, for somebody trying to get the most out of their investment, you can at least help prioritize knowing what's what, if somebody's going to buy something anyway, at least you can make a good recommendation for what, you know, what's quality, what's not going to have a lot of junk in it. But so you have that coming in. Um, you, um, it's a, it's sort of a, a family business to a degree. So you were familiar with it before you came on and started running it. Um, knowing what you knew coming in, were there things that you wanted to do to put into place right away um, that you saw opportunities with? Um, did you come in and kind of take inside lay of the land first and, and then try to build a plan? How did that transitional period go? So thankfully, like I said, with it being a family business and me being very close both owners, I was actually a part of the whole developing process. So like I said, we talked down about what equipment we wanted, what layout we wanted. So I was a very, I was a very intricate part of the very beginning of this from the inception point. Um, but when I came in, it was areas of opportunity that I like to address. Um, getting the relationship with the people in the gym, hearing what they think, how they feel, and trying to address that as it came along and look, like I said, areas of improvement. Um, the one thing the gym missed prior to me was consistency. Um, hours of staff were all over the world. You come in one day, it'd be eight to 11 or eight to 10, eight to nine. 
So implementing a schedule where I'm here Monday through Friday, every single week. So people know when I'm in here, whether to sign up, ask questions, pay their bill. That way it took out a guest part of their end. Um, the other thing I looked at was trying to correct the flow of some of the equipment we had. It was kind of jumbled around, didn't really make sense. So we rearranged that when I first came on and made it kind of fit the puzzle a little bit better. Okay, so you had those those things, like you said, you had the insider knowledge from, from day one, or I guess technically before day one, you had those things that you came in and adjusted. Um, since you've been, after you did that, you know, now we're going on, how long has it been since you've had the rains? I know it's post COVID, but for how long? Two years. Okay, so um, there's, you guys had this, kind of explosive, beat all your projections growth pre-COVID, then get shut down, then have to scramble, regroup it, and rebuild from there. So how long were you shut down for? Um, and then was, was that the initial um, birth of the online fulfillment that you have, or did that come after? Like, how did those things all intertwine? So we were originally shut down for eight weeks um, for COVID. I think it started like mid-March and then we were closed until May, I want to say May 20th because our one-year anniversary was actually May 19th, the day before we reopened. Um, so obviously being closed for eight weeks, reopened up and as every other gym owner or business owner knew, the day after you reopened after being a shutdown was a guessing game. How many people am I going to see? What type of conversations am I going to have? What type of responsibilities did you take on at the gym? to make people feel welcome to come back in here. Especially in the early days of COVID when we didn't know if you sweating on a piece of equipment would transfer it to another person. So there's just a lot of steps we took with that. Um, and I think one thing that really helped us continue to boom after COVID was we stopped payments for when we were closed, but we still had a huge selection of our customers that still paid. And wow. with that, we just expanded out their membership. So if they were paid ahead for a year, once that year came due, we expanded them out in two months for free to thank them for being paid while we were closed. Very cool. Very cool. So from there, um, did you start the idea of doing the online training that you do during COVID? Were you thinking about that? Was it after reopening? I know it's partly was born out of the logistics of scheduling and, you know, running lean staffing there. Um, where did that, where did the thoughts start to come and then how, you know, how and when did you put it into place? Because online people think are uh, right now there's people who have online or zoom or virtual classes and that's one thing, but then actually online training, I feel like is a separate thing, right? Actual guided instruction, programming, um, accountability. So how are you executing? Are you doing one? Are you doing both? And and how did that come to be? As far as the online training, that was 100% during COVID. Um, when you're the only gym in probably a 20-mile radius, that's a lot of people that came to your gym that are now adapting. So I launched my online training to at least help with home workouts, outdoor workouts, to keep the people motivated and still active. That way, when the gym, whenever it did reopen, they were still in the groove, still keeping that momentum and coming in strong. Um, and then with our fitness classes that we offer, um, a handful of our instructors actually took the Zoom 
and we're doing the workouts out of their house and letting the members join in for free through Zoom. That way they were still keeping their momentum as well. Awesome. So kind of took, took both paths and embraced that. Uh, now that we're post-COVID, I know that you're doing the online. Are you still doing any of the virtual training for your group classes or is that all back to 100% in person? That's 100% back to in person. Um, pretty much the, the week we reopened after COVID, we got rid of the Zoom because we just didn't want to have online, in person, kind of lost that connection. Very small community. Um, the people that attend the classes, they kind of call themselves the tribe because it's the same women. They keep each other accountable, keep each other responsible. So they wanted that back in person fill again. All right, cool. So as far as your group classes go, you have a bunch. You have spin, Zumba, yoga, strength, uh, piloxing. I'm not sure if there's any that I'm missing there. Um, you got five trainers, um, independent trainers that are executing those for you. Um, the logistics of that, were, were those in place before you got there? Um, and, and if so, did you change anything with your management style? Have you kind of, have you uh, worked on that? Is it ever evolving? Because those things are tough for a lot of people to manage. What classes do I have? How do I fill them up? You know, what's, what's the right balance? So what does that look like for you? So we've had classes since before day one. Um, two of our trainers were previously fitness at the YMCA before we closed. So they took their classes to a dance studio for a while, kept that momentum going. And then when the gym opened, they just brought their classes here. Um, the only thing that we've really done differently is put 100% to where it's an independent trainer doing it. They represent the gym, but work for the gym. So that way, if they cancel class, it's on the instructor and the instructor has to let the class know. That way I'm not having to micromanage what the instructors are doing. They full range on their class, when they have it, how long the class is, what they're teaching. And I just let them do their thing. Okay. All right. So that gives the, the freedom, but also the responsibility with those trainers. Now in your gym currently, uh, you don't have anybody, any personal training or small group, semi-private training. It's just not something that you could fulfill with your schedule. Um, is it something that you, have you, have you toyed with, you know, trying to add it, trying to find trainers? Do you have room with it? Because it's, it's becoming more and more popular. I think even more so the semi-private than the private. So where do you stand on that as far as what you'd like to do, what you have the people for, you know, I, I know you can't just snap your fingers and make this stuff happen, but yeah. what's your take on it? I mean, I, I definitely love the whole idea of the, whether the one-on-one -on -one or small fitness circles that are training together. Um, when we first opened the gym, we did have a personal trainer on staff. He booked a few clients, but once again, getting here after a 20 minute drive and the client canceling or no showing him kind of put a bad taste in his mouth. So we kind of just did away from the group training or the individualized training. And we've, I mean, with 800 members that we have, I might get asked maybe once or twice a month if we have a personal trainer on staff. Um, and when that happens, I let them know I do online training. I can send you your workouts through online. You do them on your time frame. That way there's no time commitments that you have to block out to meet with me and everything logistically just kind of fits. If you have a busy day and you can't get to the gym at 11 p.m. at night, I can't be here at 11 o'clock at night. I love my sleep way too much. So you have your workout ready for you in your email or through the app and you just do it when you can. Got it. Got it. So a good problem 
if you want to call it a problem that you guys are facing is now that you've built the membership back up after COVID, um, again, you kind of blew through your projections for how many people you thought would join in the area. Uh, space is starting to become an issue for you, correct? Yeah, especially during that peak hour. Um, 3.30 to 5 in here can be a madhouse. Mm -hmm. um, we're right about 6,400 feet, and between that hour, we have up to 37 people in here working out. So it gets a little crowded outside of that window. We average about five to 10 people an hour. Okay, so the, the two part there is it's still, at least in the back of your head, I know you had plans for it, COVID, all that. There's still some thought of how and when you'll be able to expand the facility at some point, correct? Yeah. Yeah, when we purchased the land, we have roughly 30,000 square feet of grass that we still can access to, to and. Um, like we talked about earlier, like we were fully in preparation mode to expand the building, start building on, and then two weeks later, we're shut down. That kind of just put a hold on everything. Um, banks are still a little leery around here to loan out that type of money to expand to a gym, especially of the nature that we're wanting to expand to. Mm -hmm. So it's on our, our forecast. It just doesn't have an EA on it right now. Got it. Got it. So in the meantime, are there any other things that you've done to try to manage logistics, whether it be conversations when people are signing up about peak times, off peak times? I've, I've seen some gyms consider doing, you know, off peak, you know, um, we can get into your pricing if you want. I normally don't hop into that on the show, but like, let's say a gym gets $50 a month. They may say, hey, we have off peak, you know, in, in outside of those hours and it's $40 a month to try to sway people there so that you can instead of having you know five to seven people an hour spread out and then 40 maybe you get you know 10 an hour consistently anything like that um come across yeah. your desk anything that you've uh tried to work in there at least until i mean it sounds like you're going to expand eventually but in the meantime you know what other what things have you done to try to manage that yeah when people are signing up i always ask them oh what, what time do you plan on working out um and then I always let them know, hey, avoid this 3.30 to 5.30 window. It's absolute madhouse in here. Anytime that window is perfectly fine. Um, and if they give me a time frame when they'll be here, I kind of let them know who's going to be here because it's a small town. Everybody knows each other and mm -hmm. how many people to expect. That way they're coming in and getting blindsided with 30 people in an hour that they don't want to be around 30 people. Um, we're in a factory town, so we have a lot of third shift people that come in at 3 a.m. rather for work or after work. So I let them know three o'clock in the morning, you're going to see about five to six people in here when in most 24 seven gyms that might be completely empty. Yeah, that actually is to your benefit having the 24 hour access where, you know, for some other gyms, you know, that that shift work might push people again back into the busy time because they may need to work out before they go to work then because, you yeah. know, if you weren't open when they get out. So yeah, setting those expectations, letting people know, uh, I think that's, that's one of the other small town benefits that you have is like, hey, you know, Bobby, Joe, Susie, and Mary, they're all here. I know you guys are friends because I've lived, you know, I've been in the town. I know who's who I, you know, whatever the case may be. So using that to, to move people around, certainly helpful too. All right, cool. So we kind of have an idea of how you have your logistics set up classes you're offering, trainers, we have all that. Um, one of the things that we don't see in a facility like yours too often, 
um, it, it, it more is in specialized facilities is doing sports training, right? So that's yeah. something that you do a lot of work on yourself. Uh, how did that come to be? And is there any, have you had any issues integrating that into your type of facility? Um, so it all started, like I said, I came from a little bit bigger town than what we're located in. And I moved here. I've always had a background in sports. My daughter plays sports. Um, I got into being a peewee football coach for two years. And then I got moved up to junior high football coach. And a lot of these kids are just in some athleticism to them, as I like to call it. They don't know how to use their bodies to their advantage or even just be coordinated enough to play a game of football. So I opened up individualized personal training for these kids. I take anyone from the age of 10 to 18, take them through if they're rather rehabbing an injury, if they're focused on, hey, I want to get better at football. All right, let's take you to some football training. And I do that in my off hours. So I'm here nine to five, Monday through Friday, and I meet with those clients afterwards. And the reason why I do that is because then if I'm training, let's say be over here and somebody comes here for a sign up, hey, I'm not on the clock right now. I'm doing my individualized training. That way I'm still giving that one-on-one -on -one time to that kid. Um, the reason why I do it with the youth and not the adults is adult schedules are always all over the place. All the parent has to do is drop their kid off to me and they can go do their thing. Come pick him up in an hour to hour and 15. I'm going to be a babysitter and put them through out. Um, and it's really been a blast because these kids are sponges. Um, they walk into the weight room. They see all the big equipment. They see people getting loud, listening to heavy music. And it kind of gets them excited about the gym. And with that, if I'm training through it right now, typically when they get 14, they're going to want to join and get a gym membership. So I'm kind of preparing my future members for what to expect when they come into the gym and setting a good foundation for them. Yeah. Yeah. Great building blocks for future membership for, you know, whether, um, you know, you might have some parents who aren't members of the gym and then they're, they're bringing their kid there to work out. So maybe they grab a membership too. Hey, I'm already here. If they don't have something else that they want to do. Right. Cause I think the, yeah. the quote babysitter aspect is good or let me go run my errands, but maybe if they don't have anything to do with like, well, you know, getting in the car and driving in the gym is probably 90% of the battle for most people. So it's like, yep. well, shoot, you know, maybe I should just grab a membership too. And um, I think I saw you do offer like family memberships or, or a multi-member household, right? So yeah, then, you know, you have those, those opportunities built in small town, community, families, knowing everybody. So, you know, Hey, why don't you get your mom in here? Why don't you get your dad or, you know, your brother or whatever the case may be. So a lot of benefits to there other than just the revenue of doing some training with the, uh, with the sports. Yeah. Another thing too, like when a lot of people have never been to a gym and they walk in, they're usually intimidated. And when they walk into a pretty calm, relaxing atmosphere where people's not in here screaming, yelling, and it gets rid of that little whole notion of the gym intimidating place, they're more likely to join as well. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I want to go back to, um, you know, some of the things I know that you weren't with the gym from day one, but you're, you're pretty intimately familiar and, and you're running all the operations now. So one of the things that stood out is how you blew through your projections for growth there. So being in a small town without a lot of competition is helpful, but you can't just open the doors and people show up. So what kind of things have worked best for actually getting, getting new members in the door, getting them come in, take a tour. And then, you know, once they come in, how are you actually making them stick as members? Okay, so 
the initial, the launch phase, as I always called it, was we offered pre-sale memberships at a discounted rate um, just to get people to invest into us. Like, hey, whether you know the owners or you need a gym. The two options that it was kind of in the beginning because the walls were up, but there was zero equipment in here. So, hey, we'll offer you this discounted rate to give us a shot. Check it out. Come talk to you in the year after your membership's up, and we'll see what we're like. Um, so that's our, that was our initial launch. And we had a grand opening weekend, had a couple of vendors out here, and we had a 24-hour, that first grand opening day where guest passes were just free. We just wanted you to in, check the place out, test out the equipment. And if you wanted to join, you wanted to join, it's great. If not, think of us in the future. Um, my personal approach, I'm not a salesy person. I'm a relationship person. Um, if somebody feels like they're being sold to, it kind of turns a lot of people off. So if you feel like you trust me and I get to know you on a first name basis, I say hi to you, you're going to feel welcome. So even through the whole time of being open, I say hi to everybody that walks into my gym. I'm very thankful that they're here. They're giving us a chance. There's gyms in every town and they chose us. So I make every person feel welcome. But to keep the membership, it's, it's all about consistency. I treat everybody the same. I don't play any favorites. Um, people come to me with complaints and I'd rather address the complaint or we walk through it together. Um, we've been on three years open and we've had zero altercations in this gym, which I'm very thankful for. Small town that people hate each other. People love each other. They run into each other here. So it's like, all right, this is always an issue we're going to have, but thankfully we haven't had it. Um, another thing is the space clean. That being a small town, if people don't rack their weights, I'm probably going to run into them at the grocery store and say something to them. So, everybody's been very self-sufficient here. They clean up after themselves, pick up after themselves. So the environment's just always welcoming. Um, we worked through a phase where I talked earlier off air about how some of the cardio equipment were having issues sourcing new equipment because we wanted to upgrade. And we were down two treadmills for about two and a half months. Oh, wow. And that was a hard obstacle to walk through. And I just had to tell people know, like, we paid for it. We were just waiting on delivery. So the day the new equipment showed up, it got people all excited again. Hey, we got new equipment three years into a gym. And a lot of gyms don't invest in their equipment that early. No, and we're no. always trying to bring new equipment in. So, yeah, it's just staying in touch, finger on the pulse of, of what's going on. The people, a little bit of compliance through paranoia, um, yeah. using the small town aspect above you. But also, you know, the, the good things spread pretty quickly, too. Like, hey, it's not. You know, the, you know, Matt's just not taking all the money from our membership and putting an addition on his house, right? Driving yeah. a, you know, a brand new Lamborghini. It's more like, hey, the money's coming back in. We're getting new equipment. You know, we know, you know, we're still here after COVID. I'm sure there were a lot of people who were at least a little bit lost when your YMCA shut down. So like, yeah. hey, we can't let this place go. Like, let's, you know, they're, they're doing a good job for us. Let's stick with it. So, uh, so at, with that, um, I know that expansion is, it's in the forecast, it's in the plans for you somewhere. Um, as far as the business goes, for you personally, uh, do you have any, any goals um, that are above and outside the four walls that you have? Do you think that you guys might open a second location? Do you, you know, do you think that there are other things you want to do, other avenues you want to take this business? Uh, what's, what's on, the, on the, the dream list for Matt? So our, our next phase is we're going to build on the same lot, but different building. It's going to be an indoor basketball court. That way you're around basketball tournaments. We can have leagues. And with that, we're going to phase all of our fitness classes over to that facility as well. 
So that's going to open up another 300 square feet here at our gym for us to move equipment into what our classroom. So that's as far as like the gym's plans, what we're going for. Um, myself is just still mentoring these kids. Um, I know how much having a self-confidence in yourself, especially as a young man, helps your, your approach at life and getting them comfortable with sports, lifting weights, and just growing into responsible young men. So I'm just continuously coaching these kids in football and trying to help them. Um, I love football in the sense that it teaches these young kids that they can get hit and get right back up again, and it's not going to kill them. That's, that's a good life lesson, right? It's not just a sports lesson. That's, that's definitely a life yeah. lesson too. All right. So last question I have for you is going to be for, for you personal. Well, in, in your professional career, um, if you could go back at any point, whether it was when you decided to, you know, take on this facility, when it was while you're working at, at the vitamin shop, when, whether it was when you knew that this place was going to open, um, is there anything you'd go back and change or anything you wish you could go back and tell yourself about, you know, everything that you've done over the last, you know, couple of years here, but then your time in the industry in general? I mean, as, as corny as it sounds, stop trying to walk the line and start from the limit. Um, it's very easy to sell yourself short. And when we opened this gym, we expected a number and we doubled that number. I wish I aimed a little bit higher. So we'd be more prepared for the future, but I mean, hindsight's 2020. So we could have went too big and failed, but we played it safe and it succeeded. Awesome, man. All right. So we are just about officially out of time. The last thing that I need to get from you before I let you go here today, uh, for our listeners, if they want to find you website, social media, anywhere they can check you out, check out Hartford city health club, give us all those, uh, those plugs. Yeah, so HartfordCityHealthClub.com. Um, Instagram is at HartfordCityHC. Uh, Hartford City Health Club was way too long. Um, and myself, I'm at 2717Nutrition. Perfect. All right, sir. That about wraps up what we have here today. I appreciate you being on with us. Thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Dominic. You're welcome, Matt. And to everyone out there listening, we appreciate you. As always, we wouldn't be here without you. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you'd like to hear more, hit the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords Podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. 
What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Logs Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Mr. Josh Fiddler of Turn Again CrossFit, coming to you all the way from Anchorage, Alaska. Josh, what's going on, man? How are you today? I'm well, man. How are you doing? I am doing very, very well. For the people that ultimately tune into this and just hear the audio version, Josh is in a very, very dark space. Anchorage is almost entirely dark at this time of day, but he is lucky or he is gracious enough to join us here on the show. Josh, before we dive in on turn again and and everything that comes with operating and growing the business side of things, give us a little bit of context, man. When you describe this gym to people, what do you tell them? What is the gym about? Uh, so the gym is honestly, we're, we're very community oriented. Uh, we strongly pursue like body, like positive body image. And then, you know, with CrossFit being forging an elite fitness, we've kind of stepped back away from that a little bit and really wanted to just help people live their best life. Um, we actually have some competitors that do mostly local things, but a lot of it is just your general population of people just trying to get better for, especially up here in Alaska, a lot of hiking, skiing in the winter times, um, anything like that. Yeah. And so, of course, I mean, we don't need to do too much work in explaining what CrossFit is. Everybody that listens to this and anybody who has ever worked out probably has some semblance of an idea of what CrossFit is. But CrossFit is unique in that the clubs have so much leeway in how you operate, right? One CrossFit club compared to another can be completely different. As far as a business model here, what are the services that we actually offer? Yeah, so most, mostly is classes, right? So a lot of times we have 60-minute classes and we have six of, of those offered a day. We have one open gym space that's on the schedule. Uh, we allow athletes, if they show up and it's in between classes, we allow them to kind of do their thing if, they, if that's the only time they have that day uh, where they can't make a class. Um, and then we have, I, would, I don't want to call it personal training like because it's not really one-on-one, but they have small group training, I would say where they do like a specialty class, whether it's like hmm. a gymnastics thing, a bar, barbell club, uh, a little bit of kettlebell work here and there, but that's pretty, that's in a gist. That's what we do a lot of. Okay. So we, I mean, we can focus our time on the group training side of this. That's really the meat and potatoes here in terms of revenue and total number of people by service group training. I mean, in CrossFit, obviously people are coming, signing up for a time slot, led by a coach, they get all of the instruction and whatnot. How many people do you typically see in any given class of yours? Uh, so I would say we average 10 to 12, um, which okay. I think is pretty regular with, or pretty on par with a lot of the, the gyms that are in this area, at least CrossFit wise. Um, we cap our classes at 18 and we've actually talked about reducing that just so that you can give each member that attention that they deserve. You know, they're yep. a paying member, they're coming in for a service. Um, Ultimately, right? I mean, a lot of them can continue to show up for the community side of things. But really, it's, yeah, 10 to 12 people. Um, we have sometimes, where depending on what's going on up here, you know, you'll get a little bit smaller classes and sometimes you get a little bit larger classes. Yeah. So 10 to 12 on average. And, and so, I mean, we know that CrossFit nationally, somewhere in the realm of 150 to $200 a month is, is pretty average, but you, Anchorage and, and Alaska in general is a little bit of a unique market. What does somebody typically expect to pay with you guys in terms of a monthly charge? Yeah, right on. Um, so we fall right on par probably. Uh, I mean, we pay, so we offer 
a couple different packages, 150 for if you're an individual athlete. If you're coming in as a couple, um, it's 250. And then you can get a punch card and things like that. But typically it's that 150 price. Um, and that's very normal for up here. Um, the only difference between us and the other gyms is we have a, we have a no contract. Um, mm -hmm. And we've done that is, and we've kept that simply because if you don't want to be there, if life events happen, we don't want to force anybody into staying up here or having a buyout of a contract. I feel like that leaves a really bad taste in their mouth. Um, and a lot, in in all honesty, Alaska is very transient, right? So we have people in and out of here all the time. We have a lot of military right. members. Uh, we have people that get up here three months later, like, man, I can't do this anymore. Uh, and I mean, Alaska is unique in that, in that sense that it'll, right. it's like Calc 2 for engineers. It'll weed you out really fast if you're not, if you're not ready for it. Yeah. And, and so like, we, like uh, it's, it's tough to compare to national averages amongst continental states, at least Hawaii and Alaska are a little bit of a unique case, but fairly on par in terms of pricing. Now to dig a little bit deeper into that, is that the pricing that you guys started at or have things evolved to get to that point? They have done. And so this actually comes, this interview comes right as we have just raised our prices. Uh, ah, okay. Yeah, so we just raised them. Actually, technically, they don't raise until April 1st, uh, but we just sent out the, the letter and email saying, hey, this is how it's going, inform the coaches. Uh, so they're all on, on board with all that. Uh, and so we haven't had any lashback. I mean, I think people expect it. Um, sure. But at the same time, you know, it's always comes like, oh, well, here comes more inflation. And so you always get a yeah. little bit of that talk. Going Unique back. challenges, that's yeah. for sure. And so just hit a price increase now to explore the other side of that i mean when in in simplistic terms when we talk about growing a business we can get more people or we can get more money from the people that we have sure. you mentioned increasing the pricing so we're, we're going to be pulling in a decent bit more revenue from our current clientele what about the first part of that are we still trying to actively bring in new members always uh, i think our biggest thing though is is we're oh almost hundred percent word of mouth. Like we have a Facebook page, we have an Instagram page. We're fairly active on it. Uh, COVID kind of shut a lot of that down. Um, yeah. Our big way of bringing in new athletes a lot of times was a foundations course. And that was just the word of mouth. Again, uh, those athletes that we are currently have, they would start spreading like, Hey, like my, my CrossFit gym is doing this, this course for if you've never done CrossFit or if you have done it and you just had a bad experience, like, you know, try to try it here, see if it's a little bit different. And that's always been huge for us. So typically we would get anywhere from 12 to 18 people signing up for that. And we get at least 50% usually signed up, um, which was awesome. I thought, I mean, and we never, I never, I don't like to push, like I'm not a huge salesperson. Mm -hmm. um, I worked for a guy that is uh, on the other side of my other past life that he was very car salesy and it kind of turned me off to that. So yeah. essentially at the end of it, I just, I give them my, my reason why I do CrossFit why I think that they should do it in the sense. And then we just kind of leave them with some options and there's no pressure. We have like a little, you know, like a, we, we, we have pizza in there and we sit down and we hang out, we talk for like 30 minutes after that last class. And then yeah, it goes from there. Yeah. Fitness does have this sort of negative aura or, or vibe with the, the used car salesy, sleazy, pushy techniques um, and tactics. But I think, sales needs to jive with who you are as a person, right? If we have Absolutely. genuine conviction in this is a product and a, a solution to people's problems, if I genuinely believe it can help the person I'm sitting across from, then I can really 
do my job and, and sell, right? right? Selling doesn't need to be negative. Selling can be just as much a helpful thing, but keeping in mind what we don't want it to be is just as important as what we do want it to be. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And I think that's where for me, it's, it's had, I've had to basically leave it as like a, like an open window for them, an option. And, and I present what they can get, what work they could achieve with, with this kind of uh, with a membership and like in the community is the biggest thing that we really try to pull around. Yeah. Um, Cause that's the, you know, again, with it being a, a transient place, people are looking for that, that community immediately. Like I need, I want friends. I want people to hang out with. I want to be yeah. able to go someplace. And a CrossFit gym is a great place to do that. Yeah. yeah, the gym the gym can be that third place. We have home, we have work, and, and the gym slots itself really nicely into that sort of third mentality. Um, and for you guys, you mentioned word of mouth being the main catalyst of all of that. Pros and cons are, are pretty obvious when it comes to that sort of strategy. Obviously, these are free leads, yep. pretty qualified people, motivated, excited. They know, like, and trust us. It should be an easy sale, and it should be... A pretty good client in the long term. The con side of that is that we don't have a tremendous amount of control, right? We can't, if we need more members or more leads, we can't turn it up. Um, and, and so have you considered moving along and, and as the business matures a little bit and hopefully fingers crossed as we say that we move a little bit away from this pandemic, have you guys considered any proactive strategies to try to grow that a little bit quicker? So we haven't really dove down that rabbit hole at all, um, mostly because with COVID, like you're saying, and like there was a big mix up here of feelings, obviously, right. um, how that goes. So we've we've kind of tapered off and we've kind of just been like, all right, like let's just really focus on the members that we have, yep. uh, try to improve their experience. And we, we know we stopped offering foundations classes just because it was, at least for this time being, we're actually just talking about carrying those back up. Uh, but we kind of, we just took a step back for a second and just mm -hmm. like, hey, let's focus on who we have here. Uh, give them the attention that they deserve. Uh, we had a lot of super gracious members that um, continued their memberships through our, through the shutdown. And so our whole thing has been like, hey, let's let's give back to those guys as much as we can right now. Um, so that's been all, you know, it's been two years since all that kind of hard to believe. Um, and now we're just now starting to taper out and be like, all right, let's start focusing on keeping that with them, but then starting to grow a little bit more as we open up. Yeah. I think a lot of gyms and, and businesses in general are in that same sort of mentality. We were just in kind of survival mode. Let's, let's take stock of what we have now as things progress a little bit and, and we can hopefully say that we're moving forwards. Okay. What's next, right? Now we can look a little bit further. We can come up with a three months, six months, maybe 12 month plan, but we're still a little bit hesitant to look out that far. And so it sounds like you guys entertaining the idea of a little bit more expansion. Let me, let's kind of big picture this, Josh. And obviously it's difficult to put some hard concrete numbers on this, but in terms of a vision, in terms of your goal for this business overall, where do you see this thing heading kind of long-term? Man, uh, that's a great question. Um, you know, with COVID, like we took over the gym about six months before COVID hit. And so that we had all dreams, aspirations. <laughs> put on hold. Um, yeah. And I, then you I just think, got punched in the mouth. <laughs> we did. I mean, we really did. We, we bought it June of 2019. You know, you started hearing this thing, you know, COVID-19. It was like end of November, early December, uh, especially with, you know, Alaska being so close in relation to China. And that's where everything is, is happening from. 
Um, you know, we do, we see planes come there all the time. So we're like, okay, when's this going to hit? And of course, you know, following year, it hits us pretty hard. Um, but I think prior to that, and I think that kind of is where our goals are headed back towards, we'd like to honestly see a transition from simply just group training to getting more specialized training for those people that are interested in it. Mm. And so with us sitting roughly at 130 recurring members, um, and I think, you know, we've spoken offline a little bit of like, you know, we have about 300 members on the books, but a lot of that is like that punch card or just kind of drop-in type people that are coming in on a regular basis. Um, I'd like to see like 200 recurring members. And that reason is because that is about, honestly, that's probably all we could really handle at the class sizes that we offer. And if we offer another class or two, which has always kind of been our goal is to get um, one more early-ish morning class, one more later in the evening class, and then like one more midday class. And that kind of caps us out. Yeah. Right at that. And then we have just enough room for a few drop-ins here and there. Yeah. I think that's a really untapped potential, especially in CrossFit specifically, is we become so focused on the group training EFT revenue that we forget that people, there's a, there's a good percentage of our membership that would invest more money for a higher specialized product. Yeah. Things that you talk about, kettlebell club, barbell club gymnastics, whatever it may be, people would pay money for this. If we're to put a label on it, semi-private type mm -hmm. offering, the gym benefits, obviously we're, we're taking in a greater amount of revenue with a smaller clientele, the client benefits, they get a great service on the back end, And it's not necessarily the price point that a one-on-one -on -one training session would be. It's really a win-win for everybody and helps us to fortify against hopefully not another pandemic or shutdown here, but the more revenue streams we have and the more solid each of them are, the better the business is going to stand in the long run against whatever comes. Right. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, you know, one of the other things that we've really tried to push is trying to, trying to create a, a career for some, for some of our trainers, right. We have a couple of trainers um, this isn't like a, like a side gig for them. And that's something that they really wanted to be a full-time, full-time thing. And so we have really tried, you know, that was our goal when we, again, kind of crushed with COVID, but it was one of our goals that we really had when we started taking on gym is we started talking to a couple of our really involved coaches and be like, Hey, like, how do you want to get more involved? How can we make this like your primary? And, you know, we started generating those ideas and now we're back to that situation. Like, okay, like we have, we have the source now we can do this. Uh, we are still growing. Um, and so that's, that's been our big push is getting one to two of our coaches as a full-time staff. And, and what that does for us is it allows us to take a step back, get a 10,000 foot view of what's out there, like the whole operating pers like perspective yeah. of it. And yeah. then where can, we, where can we fine tune this machine? Cause really like, that's how I've always looked at it is uh, it's just a machine and we just need to keep oiling it. We need to keep tuning it up. And, and we have the expertise within our coaching staff to be able to do that. Yeah. But, so, but it's just offloading some of our, our yeah. schedule. So. A lot of, a lot of not just CrossFit owners, but gym owners and business owners in general get stuck in this working in the business and less working on the business yeah. sort of set. And so that's, that's the next step for you. And, and when it comes to 
being able to bring on staff full-time and, and pay them a little bit better. I mean, the more profitable we are, the easier it is to do that, right? <laughs> if, if the gym is yeah. making money, it's a whole lot easier to, to justify bringing somebody on, paying some benefits, paying all the extra payroll taxes and, and everything else. But everybody wins in the end when we can get into that sort of mentality, because like you said, you as the owner can handle more owner type activity the coaches can focus exclusively on coaching the the end user the client gets a better experience overall and, and everybody's a little bit happier and so that's kind of that's that's the ultimate goal right that's what we're striving for as business owners in general josh that's a, a pretty good place to to start to wrap this whole thing up um but before we sign out of here i want to give you the chance for people to learn a little bit more about the gym and, and the operation in general is there is there a website is there social media where should people go yeah so uh instagram turning in crossfit facebook page turning in crossfit um crossfit.com uh and that'll all direct you straight to us and if you have any questions like feel free we love receiving emails and just kind of reaching out to people trying to guide them in whatever um whatever they need right so if there's something that we can help you get if there's any, any place that we can direct you. I'm all about that. Yeah, that's perfect. And, and Josh, I, I always really, really enjoy the chance to interview gym owners and see what they're working on, right? What's working well, what's not working well, and, and how can we, to your point, right? It's a machine. Where can we tinker? Where can we adjust? And, and where can we improve overall? Because most gym owners have similar things. And so I really, really appreciate your time and, and your contribution here. And we'll have to check in with you down the road and see where this whole thing takes you. How's that sound? Absolutely, Joe. I love that. It'd be great. Awesome. Josh, thank you for your time, sir. To everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time. Jim Lord's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.